Hello innovators, explorers and risk takers. Welcome to another episode of the Web3 with Sam Kamani podcast. And on this podcast, I am interviewing Hori Whitaker. But first, a little bit about me. I am an Amazon best-selling author, a startup founder and an advisor to multiple artificial intelligence and Web3 startups. And in this episode, Hori and I explore what is happening at ENS. ENS is one of my favorite Web3 companies. I have been using their product for a while. I own samkamani.eth, which I purchased from ens.domains. So it is one of the companies where I myself am a user. That's why I wanted to interview Corey, the managing director of ENS, to see which direction they are going, what are the new things they are doing, how do they see the industry. And in this wide-ranging conversation, we talk about everything from the future of crypto to problems that are happening in crypto, how to overcome them. Also, if you are working in Web3, then how do you explain Web3 to your mom? So... Without further ado, let's get into it. But before we proceed, I want to say that anything mentioned in this podcast should not be taken as investment advice. And finally, I do not run ads on this platform. My only ask is that you leave a review for this podcast and share it with a friend. Let's get into it. Corey, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. I'm waiting to talk with you because ENS is a product that I have been using for the last one and a half years or so. So I would love to learn more about what are ENS future plans and all that a bit later on. But first, a little bit about you. Tell me a bit about your background and how did you get involved in this world of Web3? Yes, yes. So Thanks so much, Sam, for having me on the pod. It's a pleasure to chat with you. We were able to talk a little bit about your background before before this podcast. So congrats on the success and getting involved in Web3. So similar to you, I've been an early adopter throughout most of my life, except for Web3, right? I, I wasn't early in, in, in Bitcoin, but ended up getting involved in Ethereum in late 2017. I think that was wow, when- that's pretty good. Uh, Yes. A lot started to happen at that time. But my background, I have been working at the nexus of business and education for most of my career. After college, I went into teaching and taught fifth grade through the Teach for America movement. Some of your U.S. listeners will probably know about that. And then worked with a couple startups in California that were educational related. And the bulk of my career was spent running schools, so running public charter schools here in the oh. U- in the United States. And so, yeah, have a lot of experience working with you name it, all aspects of business and education. But in the nighttime, you know, I always had this interest in technology. And I think when Bitcoin ran up in in 2017, I started to look more closely into Web three and the distributed ledger technology and potential use cases of the blockchain and got very excited about the possibilities for this distributed ledger technology. Started geeking out about the tech aspects of it, right? Not necessarily the financial aspects, but the actual tech applications. And as I was nearing the end of my time running the school system, you know, similar to you, I decided, okay, for this next stage of my career, I'm going to do a career pivot and I'm going into Web3 and crypto. 
found my way to Circle, USDC, yes. and um, on a project there, and then found my way here to ENS as the founder, uh, Nick Johnson, was looking for an executive director. So that's, that's how. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I've heard that Nick is also a Kiwi because he's also from yes, New Zealand. <laughs> and last right. 20 years of my life, I've spent mostly in, in New Zealand and a little bit in US. So that's okay. how I made the connection. And then, and then through Nick, uh, someone in your company said that, hey, Nick is quite busy. Why don't you have Corey on your podcast? So I said, oh yeah, that's a okay, fantastic okay. idea. Yeah, let's yeah, let's do it. And yeah, I'd love to learn more about, about ENS. And so how do you describe ENS to your mom or what does ENS do? <laughs> yeah, so to my mom, and my mom continues to ask me, you know, every other <laughs> month or so, what is it you're doing again? Yes. Uh, so the simple connection that I typically make, and you'll see a lot of people in the ENS space try and make this connection to describe DNS to folks yes. and then make the link to, to, to ENS. So we'll say, you know, really google.com isn't really google.com. It's a series of dots and numbers, but you know, the system makes it easier for us to, to, to use the web by using human readable names. So in the web three space, when you're using cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology, web three, the tool that you use is this wallet. And the wallet has a label and the label is typically 15, 18, 26 strings of alphanumerical letters, which is crazy to manage, easy for theft, mistakes, et cetera. And so what ENS does is we map human readable names and mask all that complexity. So that's, it's just a simple stamcommandi.e instead of your long hexadecimal address. And then you could just use that name to interact with your NFTs, with your dApps and other functionality in Web3. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you're saying you don't call your friends with their 18 digit hexadecimal code. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah I know it, it does make it so much simpler to yeah. say it's when we were at East Denver and we were all like sharing Uber because, of course, there's 20,000 people calling Uber, mm -hmm. the surge pricing. So it is crazy to take an Uber. And then we'd say, okay, let's share because we're all like friends at conference and stuff. And I mean, this is just a month yeah. and a half ago. And and then it's so much easier that say, let's five of us shared Uber or different things. And at the end of the day, we just do a total of who spent what and everything. And then just share our .eth that, hey, just send the money to kamani.eth or whatever their wallet number. And it's wow. so easy. <laughs> to, wow. to do that. And yeah. that's the real utility. It's people are not going to remember or they'd have to send via email or some sort of a messaging thing and they'll have to copy yeah. paste and do all that. And this makes it so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. When you're thinking about transacting value, exchanging value, we're talking yes. about decreasing the friction yes. and it's much easier to just manipulate a name. By the way, that's a great business idea. So with regular dollars, there's this app called, is it Splitwise? Yes. Split, right. So you're able to split up a tab or share expenses. Yes. yes. Someone can create that with an ENS build on top of ENS. Totally. So if you are at a hackathon and if you are listening right now, <laughs> then there you go. Then, there you go. <laughs> I'm sure there ENS you go. often has bounties and stuff at these sort of events at hackathons and stuff at ETH Global events yes. and all that. Yes. So yeah. In fact, what we do is I'm part of a team of at Cookbook, cookbook.dev. It's a developer tool where yeah. you can find any smart contract that's out there 
and it's a bit like NPM for developers or coders, and they can see mm -hmm. the data about that smart contract. So they can see their, see its audit, see its bytecode, see its ABI, see who is using it, how many people are using it, and then use that as a template, as a no code tool to create. So just change some things ah. in it and deploy it on any chain, any EVM chain. So there's like now hundreds of EVM chains. So you can just choose or a test net. And the thing is that the idea is to not reinvent the wheel. So say if yes. someone likes a project and say they like Azuki or Moonbirds or say, so then, or they want to build something in social, they can go and see what does Lens Protocol mm -hmm. use it, all the smart contracts and they can just replicate that with their name, with their details and deploy yeah. it in a few seconds. You can do that. So we have integrations with ChatGPT or OpenAI as well, and then it helps you choose the right contract for your needs and those sort of things. But nice. the benefit of using it as an existing template from existing smart contracts is that they have a security audit often done on them by someone else, by OpenZeppelin yes. or by someone else. Whereas when yeah. it's made fresh by ChatGPT, you don't know if it has any bugs or if it has That's right. any issues. <laughs> That's so right. I was just going to say that the benefit of, of Cookbook is when we're creating contracts, it's not just building the code itself and building the contract, but we spend countless hours and countless dollars, right? Yes. Checking the security, checking for bugs. And, you know, for someone building a, a new product, a new service, having this depository of, um, of code that is already vetted, yes. already scanned for bugs, you know, that can save a lot of hours and a lot of expense as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's, but. So because of that, because of cookbook, I've been going to all these ETH events and connecting with other developers and connecting with other projects like yours. And I see that often ENS has a presence at ETH global events and you guys have bounties yes. for developers. So if you are going to the next ETH event, I think the there's one pretty much nearly every month. <laughs> there's an ETH event. Yes. At, yeah. And so, yeah, look out for ENS. <laughs> That's what I want to Please. say to my <laughs> listeners yeah. and check out their bounties and, I, I and stuff. Yeah, I hope somebody runs with this splitwise for ENS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that is yeah. such a good idea because that is a common thing because people go to eat. So we went to, you know, we make friends at a conference from other projects and stuff. And then you go to have food together, you travel together, you mm -hmm. go to different talks together. And so yes. you rack up expenses and there's so many minuscule expenses, $8 here, $12 here. And then <laughs> you're just transferring money all the time. And yes, so much easier, so much easier because in everyone at a conference like this is crypto native. <laughs> uh, so, so everyone has a digital wallet. Everyone has some sort of a way to transfer, transfer money, but someone can build a layer on top and make it even easier. So you can have, you can see all your friends there, but yeah, you're giving me ideas. There you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. But that's yep. very cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but this is what happens with ENS. You get a bunch of people in the room and the ideation starts to happen and people start to realize, wow, there's just so much you can do with this protocol. Yes. So I would love to learn some more use cases. Are there any other use cases from apart from transfer of value, which is a very big use case between friends yes. and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. And that was the primary use case first, right? How to transfer value simply, safely, and securely. I heard last fall that a major crypto 
organization sent a bunch of crypto to the wrong address. Yes. That's not possible if they were using ENS name. So part of what we have to do is make sure that not just individuals, but also enterprise starts to use this technology to make it, to make their transactions more secure. So it, it moved from being able to more simply exchange value. Then it became an identity. If you've noticed on Twitter and other places, people are using their .eth as their calling card and their digital identity, you know? So I'm Corey.eth on online now. And so many people are using it in their, their Twitter handles yes. and on other social media, social media sites. So I think that has become like a pretty cool use case that has developed over time. Another yeah. one is your decentralized domain. So right now, if you choose to create a web, you're, you're using one of these traditional organizations to put up a website up on, on DNS and you're subject to the authorities, right? They can yes. take you down, censor you, you name it. But through IPFS, you can create a website linked to your ENS name that you own, you control, censorship resistant. So that's another tool. Yeah. In the ENS back office, you can not only are you able to transfer value with Bitcoin or Ethereum, but there's several other cryptocurrencies as well. Um, and so the protocol identifies and recognizes what rails you're running on and yes. moves value accordingly, which is a very cool feature. If it's Bitcoin, it recognizes it's Bitcoin. If it's Ethereum, it recognizes it's Ethereum. Right? Yeah. So that USDC, same thing. So that's another neat tool. The biggest use case that has just come out recently, you may have heard that we launched version three of the app. Yes. So back when you registered your name, Sam Kamani, yeah. it was probably a little cumbersome. Yes. <laughs> yes. But now the user experience, it's 10 times better. So it's uh, the user experience has been smoothed out or the language that we use explaining what's going on and what's happening when you're engaging in a transaction, it's much more clear. Yeah. And we have a mindset of thinking about, okay, we're not just dealing with crypto natives anymore. We're starting to deal with newbies and normies. So we have to adjust our language and how we describe elements of the contract, you know, the manager, the controller, the resolver, and you name it, and make these, these terms more accessible. Yeah. So the purchasing flow yes. is much more intuitive. And for the first time, you'll have the option of purchasing your ENS name with Fiat. So we had an integration with MoonPay that just launched a, a couple of weeks ago. So you can go into the app and use MoonPay when you're low yeah. on, on, on crypto funds to purchase a, a domain. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and that's a, yeah. such a good sort of on-ramp because I do think crypto industry does still need a lot more on-ramps and off-ramps for people yes, to yes. smoothly go in and out of that world without having to jump through so many hoops. As you know, as you first go get into this industry, it's a lot easier yes. now. In 2017, 18, it was so much more challenging. Very difficult. And so along with the new version three, we have this new product called the name wrapper yep. and really what it does is it allows the user to manipulate subdomains you know prior you were able to use the contract to create subdomains but now we've made it easier for you to control the use of your subdomain so you can create 
subdomains on samkamani.eth. You know, if you want an address specifically for your ETH, you say ETH.samkamani.eth. Yeah. If you have a cold storage.samkamani.eth. <clears throat> but people will be able to assign subdomains and assign controls of subdomains. You can completely release your control of a subdomain. Let's say you wanted to give uh, a subdomain to one of your family members, but you have no more control over it ever again. You're able to do that with this new name wrapper. Oh, that's fantastic. And so I can have, I've got three sons. I can have one subdomain <laughs> for each of my son and, yes. and yes. do give them that account. Yep. So yeah. give it to them, give it to them forever. Yeah. So that's a, another cool tool. Now, as we start thinking about the enterprise companies, I was having a conversation with an individual last week about a potential use case here. And in thinking about the kind of permissions that you can assign to subdomains, let's think about the finance department of, of one of your startups or a particular company. Yes. You'll have a CFO with a certain level of permissions. You'll have a controller, a VP of finance, an accountant, and you can assign various permissions to each of those individuals with a particular subdomain. So let's say company A.E. You can have CFO.companya.e with a certain set of permissions. Accountant.companya.e with a certain set of permissions. Controller.companya.e. And you can have these approval flows going through. So you have a completely on-chain finance department now, which is super cool. Oh, that's, yeah, that I can definitely see, but that brings the need for an accounting system like Zero or Intuit to work with that yeah. on-chain finances. Yeah. So there you go. There's another idea for someone to build on. There you go. Yep. 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 I have another question. I think I could be wrong, but ENS has nearly about 700,000 unique users or something like that. And two to three million registered domain names. Yep. So almost 3 million and wow, that's unique great. users, I think close to 600,000 unique users, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic. And do you know what geography they are from, where they are from, or would they be mostly from US? You know, I can actually find this information for you, but I think it's really all over the world. You know, we get these media updates on, on activity and really North America, South America, Europe, um, Middle East and Africa, Asia, South, yeah, just a lot of activity everywhere. ENS is this yes. global phenomenon, you know? Yeah. Now, when you look at the names being registered, the bulk of the names are English language names. Yes. So as we discussed, the Americas, Australia, UK, Canada, yeah. et cetera. But there's a very strong community in ENS of Spanish speakers. And they're mobilizing, organizing. So it's truly a global phenomenon. And it's reflected in our team as well. Our team is all across the globe. Pick a continent, except Antarctica. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're there. So you don't have any penguins working for you no, yet? No, no penguins yet. <laughs> that, that'd right. be, yeah, that'd be a fun Zoom meeting. <laughs> no, stand, fun stand-up because they're all standing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. No, I'm just kidding. Good but... one, Sam. That's a good one. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no, that, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I mean, no, interesting for people outside of Web3, but Web3 is so decentralized, nearly every company that I interview has a decentralized 
team working from all around the world nearly every yes, yes. because it is the ethos and people in this industry who are building real products want to practice what they preach mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just right. we really use crypto just like i was sharing the use case of doing it and the thing is you know why we used crypto because what do people in us do they venmo but when every mm. from outside of us or 80% of people in the conference are outside from us they don't have venmo so what do That's you do right. you have your ens or you have your wallet number which is universal throughout the globe that's right so that's right so, so that's where the use case comes really clear in a decentralized much larger sort of a world situation yes yeah it just it shuts down borders right yes uh, it drops borders and bo provides for borderless connections borderless payments but yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that, you know, when you're traveling around the world for conferences and you don't necessarily have to transact in the native currency where you are, right? We have these global methods of value transmission now. Absolutely. You say that, yes. Talking about global and currency and things like that, do you have any challenges with regulation or do you see any headwinds or is it all going according oh. to plan? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you got a direct line to gary gary gets <laughs> hey what's happening <laughs> oh man man they're probably listening to this it's th this is pretty funny sam i wish it were going all according to plan you know but i think those of us in web3 particularly those of us who are based here in the states there, there are absolutely headwinds happening and it's just due to a lack of clarity on regulation and the reluctance of those in power to actually put a foot down and put some crystal clear and fair regulation on paper so that we can respond to and that we can operate within. You know, if we don't have those set of guidelines and those regulations, that's when you see all the shenanigans happening. Yes. And, you know, in, in terms of headwinds, I just think this lack of clarity here in the States in particular, I think is troublesome. There is hope around the world. I know that in, in Europe, in France, they're pushing for clarity. Even in yes. the UK, they're pushing for clarity. Singapore and ENS is based in Singapore. You know, we're pushing for clarity there. But yeah, for US persons, there there's definitely some headwinds. Yeah, I can see. I mean, every single founder of a crypto blockchain startup has said the same thing that you say that pretty much there is a lot of uncertainty no one knows what's going to happen they mm -hmm. can't even answer if ethereum is a security or not <laughs> it's yeah. insanity and at the same time other regions in the world are moving ahead it's like you might have yeah. 10 days ago in EU, they introduced MICA or MICA, M-I-C-A, the new regulation, even though it might not be perfect, but it's a start. People can go to that handbook and see, okay, what's allowed, what's not allowed, That's right. where they stand. That's like, right. No one knows where so anyone stands in US at the moment. <laughs> and, That's right. That's right. It, it makes it difficult to plan, right? It makes yes. it difficult to plan strategy yeah. when the regulatory environment is uncertain, you know, yes. so... That's why you see individuals and companies looking for places to work and operate that have clarity. Yes. And it's so silly because 
US should be attracting more investment and encouraging mm -hmm. to keep its edge in the high tech sector like this, like Web3. That's right, that's right. But it seems like it's pushing it away. <laughs> and for right. Web3, it's already so decentralized. They already have employees all around the world. It's, it's so easy. This is the for this industry, it's the easiest to move yes. overseas <laughs> compared that's to right. any other industry. That's right. You know, if you are manufacturing nuts and bolts in Detroit or somewhere, it's much harder still right. to move. But for this industry- To lift up your factory and move, lift, yeah. Yeah, or they have to just yeah. rebuild again somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's a very long, like a 10, 15 year old decision for most of the web three startups it's a 10 day decision to be right <laughs> just pick up their laptop and go to bali or somewhere you know oh my goodness that's right <laughs> that's right yeah this industry will definitely be the first to move and stuff yeah if but <clears throat> yes yeah but i i have hope there there is a draft stable coin legislation that was forwarded in congress recently so i yes. i hope to see some movement uh, this, oh, that, this year. that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing to yeah. see because yeah. I think st stablecoin is a great place to start. Yeah. It is. It is a great place to start. And it is such good exchange of value because mm -hmm. they give the stability of the price because, you know, when you have massive fluctuations in price, it's very hard to transact, to buy anything. Right. So five years ago, when I used to hire someone in Africa, they would want to be paid in maybe eight years ago, they wanted to be paid in PayPal, but then it was very challenging to pay anyone. They couldn't work because they didn't have PayPal in their country, Stripe or anything. And then, then came Bitcoin or Ethereum. It was still challenging even with Bitcoin or Ethereum because you hire someone for a price on Fiverr or wherever, and, or you start yeah. working with them on an ongoing basis, you, and it is 0.1 ETH, but then 0.1 ETH, at the peak of the of the market, you know, there's so much fluctuation, it could be worth twice as much or half as much. <laughs> so they end yes. up feeling either ripped off or, or the or I end up feeling that oh no, I have to pay twice the amount in USD. But now with stable yes. coins, you, you remove that fluctuation and business can happen. Fluctuation either yes. side is bad. High interest rates or low interest rate created such massive fluctuations. So any currency, uh -huh. whether it's USD or any what. It's bad. Stability is good for business. Yep. So yeah, I think I think stable coins can do that, especially if there is regulation to support them and promote their use because it's so fast, so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just night and day difference in terms of performance. You don't yes. have these ACH lag times. Yes. Yeah. No more Using five stable days. Coins and it's no weekend, more, yeah. so banking bank is not open for the next two days. And then it takes yes. another four business working days and all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. completely yeah, understand. Apart from regulation and stuff, what are some other challenges that you foresee for a company like ENS or businesses in Web3? You do have the regulatory environment that has yes. to get settled. And the next level, and we started to talk about this, just yes. globalization and managing a global organization. You know, yes. when you think about major international organizations, you think typically they have thousands of, but when you have small scrappy teams of 10, 20, yes. 30 people, th those are different kinds of challenges because you're not able to access yes. some of the benefits of scale of larger organizations. How do you work through kind of HR and operational issues? So one of the tools that we use to um, be able to pay and hire yes. people all around the world is this is not an advertisement, but deal, deal.com. Deal. Okay. Let me check yep. it out. <laughs> deal.com. Yeah. Deal.com. It's been 
brilliant for us, a brilliant platform um, that we've used for a couple of years now. You can hire contractors, you can hire full-time employees, you can have DLB, the third-party hiring entity. You can hire them yourselves, but very flexible and great to work with. Another organization that I've looked at, and they're actually crypto-native, is Opolis, O-P-O-L-I-S, opolis.co. Awesome. I will check it out. And what do they do? Yeah. And they are a Web3 native employment platform, payroll, benefits, you name it, but Web3 native. So they get what we're doing. So that's another organization I think is helpful for managing a Web3 organization. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah. The, that's, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And the other issue that's very heavy on my mind, considering what has happened over the last year and is an issue of security yeah. and safety. So unfortunately, we have bad actors who are preying upon this industry. So how do we make sure that we build more products and services that are safe and secure? Yeah. I think we have institutional risk where there may be actors that will attempt to hack organizations and there yes. will be actors that attempt to hack individuals. So we yes. have to be vigilant on both ends. And unfortunately, we have a very strong degen culture in Web3 where you want to... <laughs> and, you know, when people try and act so quickly, yes. it, it causes problems sometimes. So if we can start to create products and services that can help flag yeah. potential bad actors, potential bad contracts, and help people make wiser decisions on chain, I think yes. that would be helpful. Oh, absolutely. It is such a double-edged sword because, you know, on one side, we enable decentralization so we get the benefits of it, but there are some negatives of decentralization as well, which is yeah, the, yeah. it is that they are used by bad actors to, <laughs> yeah. to have a, you know, yeah. free play of do whatever they want for thing. Yeah, yeah. Use those powers for bad <laughs> One of the organizations that I was acquainted with and that they're doing great work is called Webacy, W-E-B-A-C-Y. But they provide the security layer for people who are using web wallets. They have this early alert system. If they can sense that NFTs are just leaving your wallet, right? They'll send you this notice that, hey, something is happening with your wallet. They have this panic button that'll allow you to send all of your NFTs from one wallet to another wallet quickly in case there's any type of hack happening, but they're creating tools to help with the self-custody of, of digital assets. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's very cool. So what's your vision? What does the ideal scenario look like for ENS in say three years, which is a very long time for our industry? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Matt, <clears throat> I'll be great than I am right now, three years from now. So We've gone from the individual, <clears throat> right? Where yes. individuals are using um, .eth names for identity, for transacting. Then we're gonna move into organizations, right? Who are going to be using ENS on an enterprise level for categorizing things, tracking things, securing things, having things hosted in a censorship-free <clears throat> or censorship-resistant fashion. Yes. Then we're going to move to municipalities and government entities 
using ENS for categorizing, tracking, census, taxes, possibly, you know, but using that system as well. So that's where I see us going. And ideally, if things are going well, not just for ENS, but for with the whole industry, we'll come to a place where users won't realize they're interacting with the blockchain. Yes. They won't realize they're interacting with distributed ledger technology. It'll just be as easy and seamless as using a Web2 product. That's when we'll know that we're, we've made it and we're heading in the right direction. But human readable names, I think that's the first step. My opinion, to get yes. started, your first step is to get an ENS, ENS name and then go on your merry way. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I love your vision and I completely see this. That is the truth that, you know, when people don't have to worry about the internals of how things work, that's when yeah. mass adoption happens. It's, you know, these all of our new TVs, they're all like smart TVs. They all contain a chip. We don't need to yes. learn the architecture of the chip and how the chip works. And we don't need to interact with the chip and its own byte code or, you know, like machine. Um, but we just press yes. the on off button on the remote and that's how easy it is. So that's how easy we need to make it for anyone that that's they right. don't need to learn like an 18 decimal thing. They don't need to learn how to create smart contracts or any of, right. of these things and all the massive lingo that we use on a day-to-day -day basis, right. you know, that's all right. the jargon. Yes. So I think when that happens, when it's just seamless, it's just part of any tech. It doesn't matter. It's just like, we don't worry right. about the relational database management and how it's done, but somehow people in the blockchain will worry so much about all the <laughs> intricacies of it that stops That's right. people coming in. Like everything that we talk, like our Zoom accounts, it's stored in a database somewhere in, in with AWS or Google Cloud or somewhere, you know, so we don't yeah. worry about yeah. it. So that's how yeah. easy it needs to become that people don't worry about it, whether it's on blockchain or wherever it is. Yeah, absolutely. The technology as it is today, you know, I could not recommend to my mother yet. Yeah, exactly right. right. Yes. When yeah. I'm able to recommend it to her, <laughs> yes, that's what I know. We've made it. You know, one of as you were one of the things that came to mind is website building. I remember one of the first websites that I created. 25 or so plus years ago and i was using html yes and same. like 25 26 years ago yes yeah using the html raw code yes yeah, the raw code and now you're at a place where anyone can point and click and drag and create a create a site yes that's the kind of vision that's the kind of direction where we need to head and start to create these products yeah. and services with that end in mind i was at devcon in bogota Oh, and nice. Was that a, yeah. That was last was year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think October. I think October yes. last year. Yeah. yeah. Great event. Oh, and this is where we debuted our cards. Oh, yes. DNS yes. Cards. Yeah. 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 One of the co-founders of Cookbook was also there, Jackson. And then he had that card as well. I was like, so jealous. Yes. This is so cool. <laughs> yes. Yep. yep. And yeah. And that was... That was a great conference, but one of the speakers there was talking about how we have to bring designers yes. into the development room. We have to bring customer focused people into the development room and start with them. Yes. So right now we start with a contract. We start with a code yes. and then we build the front end on top of that. We have to reverse that thinking and start with the customer, start with what the front end should look like and then build a contract. 
hundred percent. I cannot agree to right. this more. Yes, because right? we want to solve people's problems. We don't want to yes. build something that is pretty and the most amazing code, written code, and then <laughs> fit a front end to it and get pe- push it to people to use it. <laughs> They're not going to yes. use it. So yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. Oh, I that that is such good thinking. That yeah, yeah. That, that's what's needed. Having said all this, how do we help you accomplish this vision that you have? Do you have a ask? Are you looking for anything? Investors, team members to hire more customers, whatever your ask, feel free yeah. to share it and how <clears throat> they find it and how do they connect with you? Yes, great, great. Sam, it's such a pleasure to chat with you, man. But I hope we can have additional conversations about, about tech in the future. So one of the things I think can absolutely help, put your ENS name in your Twitter profile. Use your, use your ENS name right? Tons of people have it. Set your ENS name as your primary name for your Ethereum address. And then you'll be able to see your .eth pop up on all of your, on your DAP properties and all your Web3 properties. You know, in terms of ask, just use the protocol and then give us feedback. So our DMs on Twitter are open. Yes. So feel free to, to go to Twitter and DM us with your questions, comments, our support team is amazing. They're on almost 24-7. So any help and assistance you need with your name, or even if you're thinking about creative ways to use names, if you have a business and you want to figure out how can you leverage this technology, please reach out to us. And our Twitter handle is ENS Domains. Right? Yes. ENS Domains. So easy to find there. Oh, fantastic. What I'll do is I'll put all these links underneath in the show notes so people can reach out, people can connect and and change their Twitter handle or even other <laughs> social media handles Others, to .eth. Yes. 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 So just yeah. if you go and have a look at mine, it's at Sam Kamani on Twitter, but it's if you look at my name, it's samkamani.eth. Yeah, I need to add, I would love to add the ultrasound money as well. <laughs> Oh yeah, I need to add that one. I need yeah. to add that one as well, but I haven't done that. But yeah, yeah, let's yeah, let's do that. And thank you so much, Corey, for let's have another conversation in a few months' time again and see how ENS yeah. is doing. And yeah. Great. Great. Such a pleasure. Talk to you Likewise. soon. Likewise. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening or watching this episode of the Web3 with Sam Kamani podcast. By now, you know the drill. Leave a comment or share this episode with a friend and leave a review i would love to hear from you so that's why my dms are open reach out to me especially if you are a founder building a product in web3 then i would love to hear from you what are your challenges is there anything that i can help you or my community can help you with thank you once again and wish you best of luck in building your startup or your project